You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle and Belinda Fleming, two gals who dish on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as they cover all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And Belinda Fleming. Welcome. We are talking about burnout today and how this is caused by experiencing prolonged periods of excessive stress and our emotional state of mind, our physical being, and our mental perspective is sometimes left feeling overwhelmed. And today we're going to talk about if this is becoming a chronic issue for any of our listeners and how we can combat this in our own lives. And burnout doesn't happen overnight, right? It's something that builds. It's staying in that fight or flight for too long. Like we're designed to handle stress, Mm -hmm. but in small increments. And it's like, okay, here's the stress. I'm in fight or flight. I'm going to handle this situation. And then I need to go back down and get into that rest and digest where I can heal and regulate. Stay stay in a state of nervous system, calm and relax. Like you said, rest and digest is so, so important to our well-being. If we stay in a state of flight or fight, our adrenals burn out. There's so many physical things that happen on the cellular level and it can create chronic health problems Mm -hmm. at this stage in our life. That's what I was thinking today about when I was thinking about this. In our 20s, maybe even into our 30s, we can handle maybe more stress. Maybe we'll bounce back faster. Maybe we won't feel the effects. But as we start to get into the stage where we become less estrogen dominant, which means that we're entering into like the menopausal perimenopausal state, it absolutely will start to catch up with us. And it can wreak havoc on your physical body. Mental stability can go out the window and it becomes a mental health issue sometimes if we aren't addressing why we have these patterns that shift us into fight or flight, burnout, if you will. So burnout is caused by experiencing those periods of excessive stress. And there are three areas that it shows up, emotional, physical, and mental. Mm -hmm. And it can leave us feeling emotionally drained. It can leave us feeling completely overwhelmed. And we can explore today what are some causes of burnout, what are some treatments, and also hopefully we can prevent this from even becoming an issue. issue, What are our strategies to prevent it? Well, I read about a study by the Asana um, Foundation, and they did a study of 10,000 workers across seven countries. So this is not unique to just the United States. And 84% of Gen Xers, which are the people that were born from 1965 to 1976, which is our generation, right, have experienced burnout in the last year, feelings of burnout. And then 74% of Gen Y, or what we call millennials, who were born from 1977 to 1995. And the other really flooring statistic to me was that of the 10,000 people that they interviewed, 40% of them believe that burnout is an inevitable part of success. So people feel like they can't have that work-life balance because they're always trying to get ahead. I think especially if I think about the Gen Xers, which we are, we were always taught like work hard, you know, give it all, give 110%. You always have to do that to get ahead. We were never taught how to balance work-life balance. Or maybe 
maybe we were just told that that wasn't an acceptable way to get ahead. Right. Um, maybe we had role models that demonstrated that work, 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 all work and no play. And that might be what patterns we have seen as the norm because that maybe that's how our parents demonstrated that that's the way you get ahead in America. So it's interesting, this study is- It was across seven countries though. So it wasn't just the US. And I could maybe agree with you a little bit, but I also wonder if some of it is, was a backlash or kind of a product of the women's feminist movement. This is the other interesting statistic is that of that, it's like 67% of women compared to like 56% of men have reported burnout. So it's definitely higher numbers for women. And I'm thinking it's that byproduct of women can have it all. You know, you can, you know, bring home the bacon, you can fry it up in a pan, you can like make the bacon, you know, you, it's like that whole have it all. And maybe I think what you're referring to is the consequence of busy lives and being so independent that you don't need anyone's help to make your way. And so you think that you have to do it all yourself. And that becomes problematic when you aren't setting yourself up that raising a family takes a village right and raising a family takes work-life balance finding the time for spiritual awareness you know a spiritual connection a recharge if you will to whatever it is that grounds you all the things we've talked about in previous podcasts of how to practice self-care so what's interesting is that when burnout happens it has become so prevalent that it all almost becomes this part of our daily life and interactions with other people when they'll go, oh, how are you today? And we just say, busy. I'm busy. I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. And we don't even stop to recognize that this isn't really a good answer if this is where you're perpetually staying in your life every single day. This isn't a good place to be. Oftentimes, I think people wear business as a badge of honor. If you ask people, like you said, how are you doing? Oh, busy, busy, busy. You know, it's just our default. We're glorifying the hustle instead of glorifying finding the balance. So when the World Health Organization actually has gotten involved in what is called burnout as an occupational phenomenon, it's actually an international classification of diseases. It is um, being included into this new revision of diseases, and it's not classified as a medical condition, but I think it is interesting that there have been enough studies and there's enough data to support that it is being classified in this ICD. 11 as an occupational phenomenon. So burnout is defined as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed and it can be characterized by three different dimensions. We mentioned this just a moment ago. Feeling this energy depletion, exhaustion, this feeling that you're just so tired. But I think physical burnout is usually how people first notice it. Mm -hmm. is they're tired, they have lack of energy, maybe they have some anxiety, they'll have trouble sleeping. So physically, they may notice at first, but actually emotional burnout, effects of a burnout on your emotional state, if you find yourself short-tempered, do you find yourself feeling numb or detachment? Mm -hmm. 
and then even depression. Well, the, the second dimension that's mentioned here is increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism related to one's job. So clearly we're, we're using statistics for this reference regarding occupational burnout. But most of this could actually cross over to all different areas of our life. It could be maybe we feel burned out with parenting if you're a single mom and you're parenting alone and you don't have other resources to support you. It could be that you are just not finding an outlet for a passion or a hobby. And so if you're very heavy on just focusing on work, then, you know, obviously this is problematic in other areas of your life if you're short-tempered with your own family because right. not not having this awareness of, oh, things are out of balance for me. So I think the third one is just having a reduced efficacy of how productive you are right. in life overall, all aspects of your life. Mentally, you could have diminished cognitive functioning. So you have trouble concentrating, you have trouble completing tasks. And so in other words, your your effectiveness is reduced. So you think, I have to get all of this done. Well, if you're not ever making any progress, you're just, it's a cycle. It's just this perpetual cycle that then you're more stressed because you're not getting anything done. And then you're not getting anything done because you're more stressed. And then it's just this continual chasing your tail. What are some of the ways that people can counter burnout? I think the biggest thing we need to point out is starting to cultivate self-awareness around burnout noticing when you're starting like instead of waiting until it's in full-blown burnout that you start to notice your little telltale signs because there's always telltale signs there are actually quite a few assessments that you can find online just to give yourself just a self-test if you are teetering on this idea of, wow, this might be something that's going on within me, you can go out on the internet and take several different assessment tools yeah. that will t- tell you, are you close to burnout or not? Yeah. And so what's interesting is you're right that self-awareness is the first step. So if you're, if you're really exhausted in your physical body and you're looking at what's going on in your daily life, take the initiative to sit and take a full assessment of what is going on in all the different areas and then notice what is causing the most stress for you right now in this moment. And then looking at, are you having any kind of physical symptoms that you could attribute to high stress? Stress is a big reason for for disease, chronic disease. Yes, it's actually the number one, I think. Absolutely. So then you have to decide, is this a habitual thing? Are you experiencing habitual burnout where you're constantly, like you said, continuing the pattern over and over and over again? Is it affecting your relationships? Is it affecting your sense of well-being? Is it affecting your self-esteem? You have to look at all of all of these different symptoms. You have to look at, again, We've talked about several times on other podcasts how important it is to get the right amount of sleep, mm-hmm. how it is important to get the proper nutrition. These are all things that, that could be triggers for these feelings of burnout also. For those that have listened in the past, they know that I'm in school to become a functional medicine practitioner. And the number one thing that is the easiest, most general way that you can help yourself is to, to take time to actually eat 
without any competing interest, without trying to complete a task, without woofing it down in your car. So actually giving yourself that 20 minutes to sit there and properly chew your food and eat in a relaxed state. You want, that's why it's called rest and digest because Mm -hmm. that's when you're absorbing the nutrients. Otherwise you could just be eating hay and your body's not going to take the nutrients from it. Your central nervous system is so highly agitated that you're not going to take in the nutrients from the food that you're eating. It doesn't matter what you're eating. And then you have spikes in blood sugar, drops in blood sugar, all of those things that affect our mood. It affects our mental well-being if we're not properly taking in the right amount of fluids. You know, if you're if you're not hydrated, if you're not taking in the proper amount of nutrition. So there are things that we do that affect internal reasons why we might be experiencing burnout. And then of course there are always external reasons that are affecting us. And so what's interesting is that when we continue to habitually stay in this state, that is when it's the most problematic. And it can affect you at any stage of your life, as you had mentioned, but you're not going to bounce back as quickly or as thoroughly as you would in your early 20s when you could go out all night and still go and work the next day and and be okay. Yeah, working those long hours, not taking care of yourself. It it takes a toll on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's certainly, if that becomes a long-term pattern, it certainly rears its head in problematic ways when we hit the the stage that we're in right now. One thing I wanted to mention for our listeners, in case they're not familiar with it, something that I became acquainted with several years ago, it's the Eisenhower Decision Matrix. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it has four quadrants, and it's the urgent, not urgent, and then important and not important. And it's all about how you classify. So if you're starting to feel that way, deciding, is this urgent or not urgent? Because sometimes we will take things that aren't urgent and make them urgent just because we inflate our own importance of something. And also, it's important to be able to make clear, concise decisions because if you're paralyzed every single day and you don't even know where to start, that can become a real serious habitual issue. And what you're saying right here is let's learn a process of categorizing and prioritizing. That's the first step. That's the second step. Self-awareness is the first step. step. Yes. And then how are you prioritizing mm-hmm. your time, your energy, and all of those things? So I, I love that. How can they find this information? So just Google the Eisenhower decision, decision Matrix, and it's just a really good way for time and task management made simple. You can even download a copy of it and then pin it up at your desk so you know, is this urgent or not urgent? Is this important or not important? And once you can kind of put whatever or quadrant it goes in, if it's urgent and important, you're going to do it now. If it's not urgent and important, you're going to decide to schedule a time to do it later. If it's urgent and not important, you're going to delegate it to somebody. And then if it's not urgent and not important, you're going to delete it. You're going to say that doesn't need my attention. And so it can kind of help you make that choice. Like what box is this going in and how am I going to deal with it? I think it's a great solution oriented process for us to implement. That's very simple. It doesn't cost you any money. It's just something that you'll say, okay, this morning, this is how I want to start my day. I'm a type of person who likes to write lists and I'll do, you know, on our iPhones now, I'll use my note, uh, Mm, the notepad. Yeah. And I can set reminders and I try to teach my children, Hey, if there's something coming up and you need a reminder, set it on your calendar, you know, that is my biggest pet peeve of my kids because they'll have an appointment for something. I live and die by my phone back in the old days I had the little day planner yes or the little free calendars you'd get from maybe the 
the um, hallmark store. Yes, I love those. I, <laughs> we finish each other's sentences sometimes, don't we? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Well, because we're both like 80s coming back to rear its head. So, but now I use my phone and I will set a reminder for the day before or the week before, just depending on what it is. I set two reminders. My kids, I can't tell you how many times they've had some type of appointment because they're all adults. They should be able to manage it themselves. If you're listening, I'm sorry. You need to do it. <laughs> and then they'll forget. Oh, I did. I forgot about my dentist appointment. How could you forget? If you had put it in your phone and given yourself two reminders, you'd have remembered it. Well, you know what I love about the iPhone? That it will say, do you want a reminder 30 minutes ahead, an yes. hour ahead, a day ahead? It isn't rocket science, no. people. <laughs> and it makes your life so much more simple because then that frees up my your you know, work. Exactly. In my brain that I don't have to think, okay, March 24th, I have a dentist appointment at 9.30 a.m. No, it's in my phone and it's going to give me a reminder a week ahead or two days before or a day before. So yeah, that's one of the, my biggest pet peeves. But So I do want to just circle back one more time because we talked about you know the, our reaction to stress and how we have stress in our daily lives, mm-hmm. right? That is just a normal part of navigating life. That isn't the same thing as burnout. Burnout yeah. is something that is for a prolonged period of time, it actually can cause the different dimensions that we mentioned where it can show up in our bodies, it can show up in our mental well-being. Stress is something that is short-term. And what, it's situational. Yes. Usually it's... And what you're describing about just, well, what we're both talking about is setting the calendar, setting the reminders, prioritizing. These are ways to manage stress effectively mm-hmm. before it becomes problematic and turns into a burnout syndrome. Exactly. So some of the ways that people can counter burnout, one of the ways that I think is important is to get off social media for that Take time. Take those breaks. Yes. Take a break from it because sometimes too, I know that I've heard from other friends who feel like they have to do it all. I see all these other people killing it and hustling and you start to take that on and think you're not living up to society's expectations. So and it's if, a trap. It's just a trap, people. You're getting a smidge of the glimpse, a glimpse of what's going on in someone's life. Exactly. And we just need to take a break from that yes. as so often Get as off social can. media <laughs> for the day, for the week. Take a social media fast. And get out into nature, get into your, onto your yoga mat and do some breath work, do some body movement, all of these things to keep you truly in touch with who you are. Another way that, and I have found this recently, is to get creative. I joined in my new neighborhood, a creative street club where twice a month we meet and we do art projects. I'm not artistic at all. I can draw a really great stick figure. That's about it. (laughs) But just being able to actually create something, you know, get some Play-Doh. Right. That is actually a huge stress reliever if you just have something to like knead in your hands and make something and, and just whatever it is, get your hands dirty. Getting creative is a really great way to help you decompress. And it's just a lot of fun, right? Oh, I have so much fun. <laughs> Exercise, of course. I mean, we can't stress that enough. Get on your yoga mat, go for a bike ride, go for a run, go for a walk. Anything that just gets you your body moving. And do something for yourself every single day. We're at a stage in our life that we have time to prioritize ourselves, and we have time to say, all right, for these next 15 minutes or this next 20 minutes, whatever it is, whatever increment of time you... That you can allow. Yes. Give yourself permission to enjoy and experience 
just doing something for yourself. Because I think what you'll find is that, because sometimes I get into an argument with Jeff, or not an argument, but when he is overstressed, you're not curing cancer, honey. <laughs> like, you're helping. In the big scheme of things, right? right? I'm like, in the big scheme of things, is all of this going to matter? Try to, like we said, prioritize. You're not, if you're, if you're actually curing cancer, okay, maybe then you're given a pass. But if you're working a job, I'm going to tell you right now, you're replaceable. If you don't think you are, you're fooling yourself. So take the time for yourself. And like Belinda mentioned, is getting the proper amount of sleep, but then also having periods of rest. And rest is different than sleep. Rest is where it regenerates you. It's regenerative. It is a place for you to recharge. Sleep is important for sure, but also just having those moments of rest where you're actually being able to just be still, just focus on some breathing. Well, I think right now would be a good time to focus on some breathing. Yeah, so Belinda, why don't you run us through a simple breath exercise that we can do anywhere, anytime. So samavriti, which is a Sanskrit word that means equal parts breath. And it is this idea of taking the time to notice the inhale and counting is very helpful. On So if, you, if you're sitting upright in your chair or wherever you are right now, just go ahead and take a full breath in, breathing in through both nostrils. And I'll count one, two, three, four, five. Exhale completely through both nostrils if you want it to be controlled or if you really just feel the need to sigh it out, then you can breathe out through your mouth to that same count of one, two, three, four, five. Begin to create a rhythm where this pattern is happening and it's very equal inhale matching the intensity, the integrity, the duration, and the exhale mirroring that. As many times as you need, a cycle for at least a minute is so calming to your nervous system. It's very centering for your mind. It gives your mind something to focus on other than all of those tabs that might be open if you're thinking about comparing your mind to a computer and all the different tabs that you have open. I usually cue in yoga classes for you to begin to start closing those tabs as you're breathing in and you're counting. Begin to lengthen the breath to a count of four, five, six, seven, or eight. We have a huge capacity for prana, our life force, this energy that's attached to the breath. And it is really powerful when you take just a minute. With each exhale, you could almost imagine a a tab closing. Yes. And then inhale. Okay, I'm exhaling. That tab, it's gone. And like you said, one minute of just focused intentional breath when you come out of it you almost feel like you've had a like a mini massage or a mini break of mini vacation if you will it's very grounding to our nervous system it is very comforting to our emotional status whatever we might be experiencing i mean things are coming at us all day long and all of us can take a minute to 5 minutes periodically throughout our day just to recalibrate and that simple act of samavriti breathing is a simple tool that has amazing benefits. Well, thank you for that. Hopefully, you are able to practice some of this knowledge that we've shared. Maybe it gives you a new perspective on burnout that don't wear your business as a badge of honor. Really prioritize your self-care. Prioritize yourself because if you don't, no one will and eventually it's going to catch up with you. So we want you guys to find us on all the socials, Midlife State of Mind podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to sharing 
more and more information about our retreat in Italy, we would love for you to make plans to participate with us. You can find out more information on our website, midlifestateofmindpodcast.com. And there is a way to contact Erin, contact myself if you have any questions, or if you just want to reach out to us about any of the information that we have shared today, we would be so happy to work with you in any way that we can. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. This has been an E-Squared production.